Welcome to The Howler. Your look at the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now here are your hosts, Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton. Welcome back to another week, another edition. Ethan Berry and Thomas Overton alongside you uh, once again for The Howler. Thomas, how's it going? Doing pretty good tonight, Ethan. Yeah, it's a pretty good day. Red Sox are in the World Series tonight, so... Uh, Hurricanes won last night. I can't really complain about that. Yeah, they did. I watched that game, actually. And um, good win for the Canes, who have gotten off to a pretty good start. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, NC State did not get off to a good start on Saturday. They did not get off, They did not finish well either, and uh, so they lost 41-7. to I don't really have I, – I don't know. There's just so many ways to go with this, but I'll just ask you this. What was your – I don't want to say your your takeaway, but like, what was your reaction? I guess like, right after the game. Right after the game, uh, man, it, I was like, I mean, I was definitely disappointed just because did I think State had a good chance to win the game? Well, no. Did I think they were actually going to play though and make it competitive? Absolutely. I thought there was no way that they were going to get blown out like they did. So, just seeing like, there seemed to be no intensity. No urgency, no discipline, or I don't even know, for the team as a whole during the game. Um, I mean, yeah, I didn't think they were going to get blown out, but they did. So, Yeah, and, and my my thing is, we I think we talked about this some last week. The spread is what scared me. So now I know, I mean, I knew it ahead. I knew it before, but I learned, I now I just have it reinforced. You never doubt Vegas. Vegas always knows. Vegas always knows. And I don't understand how. I don't get it either. I don't, I, it just makes no sense to me. They probably got the cure for cancer out there and won't tell anybody. So. Yeah, exactly. I just don't – like, how do they – like, they basically predict sports. And it's just insane. I, I All right. They could make some money off of that. Yeah. <laughs> they, do. they make, like, $500 million a month. But – um. Yeah, that was my first reaction. My second reaction was probably burn the tape. You know how you always have football coaches say yep. that sometimes? Just, just burn the tape. Forget. Nothing to learn from that. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought that this was not that type of game. I thought NC State played – this is going to sound crazy. I thought NC State played well in all aspects of the game except for their best players. Right. I'd I thought agree with NC that. State played well on the ground. They won the running game matchup. They right. did. ETN averaged nine yards a carry, and I don't think he had a carry for more than five yards. Clemson averaged less than three yards per carry. Reggie Gillespie and Ricky Person went over 50 yards apiece on less carries than Clemson had. Um, and I want to say State had about 20, 25 carries. Do you have the stats up? 31 team carries if we count sacks and QB scrambles, but yeah. So, so 31 carries for 104 yards, and you had two sacks, another two negative five rushes, for Finley and then the last play of the game from McKay where you lost four yards. So that right there, that's 17 yards on five carries that you lost. So then you're looking at 120, basically 25 carries for 120 yards, which is really good, especially against, against Clemson. Yeah, it's really good. So um, I thought the state did what they needed to do there. Then uh, for Clemson, uh, defensively, I mean, for state held Clemson to 2.8 yards per carry. That's phenomenal. I know people are going to say, well, they scored three touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, but they were all like two-yard runs. Right, right. ETN's longest run was six yards. 
So there you go. And he averaged nine, averaged nine coming in. And Clemson was the best, uh, the best non-option running team in the country. All right, running wise. So State did its job there. Uh, and then uh, on the passing defense, you know, I don't know. I get that it wasn't good, but at the same time, like Clemson was going to move the ball somehow. Right. I think State's passing defense, besides the one big play did what it needed to do so that State's offense had a chance to keep up or get ahead, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Now, I know that State's corners played well off the wideouts, and so it seemed like every play Clemson passing was able to get six, seven, eight yards. But I think that might have been because in the first quarter with the big play, okay, if we can limit the big plays, then maybe we have a chance to get some sort of punt or a turnover instead of just letting right. Clemson score a touchdown on every play. We'll give them six, seven, eight yards more than we'd like to. wait for them to make a mistake. Exactly. So make them make more better plays to score a touchdown instead of just one big play is what I'm saying. So I thought the defense overall played well, um, especially since without State's offensive turnovers, then State's defense obviously wouldn't have given up that many points because Clemson wouldn't have had the ball that many times. So I thought State's defense played well, especially there in the first half. I mean, only down 14 with a chance to – Cut it to seven and get uh, the yeah, ball back after halftime. Yes. That would that would have been huge. Yes. Sitting there at the game, I was like, like we have played terrible. And have yeah. a chance to tie and the game before they get the ball back. Right. Exactly. And then you go and fumble the ball. I agree with you. I thought the defense played well. Clemson's good. They're going to score points. I know you talked about the corners playing off the ball. I don't think that's what happens. Um, I don't really know if you can see it on TV. But at the game, you could see State's corners were crowding the line of scrimmage, and Clemson's receivers are really good. And I thought the biggest thing to me was Clemson's receivers. You could tell they had a distinct advantage uh, in speed, which is fine. I mean, that's just that's what happens. But to only give up one big play, uh, you know, you take that all day. And um, like you said, the numbers look so much worse. Like 41 points looks bad, but it really wasn't that bad. They, right. they kept State in the game in the first half until the offense just completely crumbled. Um, and uh, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Oh, I had I had State winning 38-35. Well, they scored 41, so that's only six more points than I had predicted. Right. And State had three turnovers, pretty much all of which put the ball in, like gave Clemson the ball in field goal territory. Right. So you take those three turnovers away, Clemson scores what? 30 points, something like that? Something so like that. I'll, I'll take the defensive performance every day of the week. Uh, offensively, especially the passing game, it was bad. It was bad. That was the worst game I've ever, I've seen Ryan Finley play. Agreed. And Kelvin Harmon. Two, they, they had, but each had the two worst games of their career. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. really know what to say about it. I you mean, you just agree? <laughs> definitely. There were more drops than there should have been, and I mean, I I felt like some of the play calls didn't help out nope. any of the players. And there was early on, I think it was State's first drive, third and one, or maybe it was the second drive, third and one, and State just put like three or four dudes off to the, like tight ends or something, off to the right of the line, and they just handed it off. And the play never had a chance. Never had a chance. Some, never uh, had a chance. One of the linebackers came untouched. I think I remember the play. Yeah. Just and untouched. I think it was Ricky Person who, who had that carry. And it was there was three guys on him before he could even sniff the line of scrimmage. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. The the play calling never seemed to adjust to what Cle- Clemson came out 
and they changed some things up because they knew NC State had success against them last year. And they changed it up. Coming off a of bye week, they had more time. And NC State never adjusted to it. And I just thought it was just a bad performance from NC State. Like, you want to talk about having the best passing game in the country. Right. And I thought that was legitimate until this week. And you just got, like, I'm not saying State needed to go out. I'm not saying State needed to go out and throw for 400 yards. But that was bad. It was bad. There I was, mean. I mean, it, there's no two ways about it. There were interceptions. Uh, there were drops. There were everything just bad passes i mean miscommunications it was bad and and i said i don't know if i said this here or somewhere else but i thought state's player state's team needed to not lose the game and then let ryan finley kelvin Harmon, jacoby myers and to a lesser extent jermaine pratt win the game for him right i thought state did that to be honest and then instead of state's passing game carrying the load and being the best players on the field, they were the worst players on the field. Yeah, they were the worst. Uh, so, totally. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, I guess. There's no, you know, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, the coach is this, the coach is that. I mean, yeah, I had some issues with the offensive play calling, but. We always have issues with the offense. Yeah, some some calls I, never. I'll just throw this out there. Every other team wants Eli Drinkwitz to be their offensive coordinator. Everybody, every other team speaks highly of him, and NC State fans hate him. So, you know, whatever. But, I mean, it is what it is. I don't feel like it's pretty si- – it was a simple game for me. The score looks bad, but the re- the state, the rest of State's team did what they needed to do, and the best players let them down. That's right. Big-time way. And I guess we'll see how they bounce back. I mean, uh, I thought – I think this season was always going to be made on how do you respond to whatever happens against Clemson. And now even more so. These next two games, to me, define NC State season. I agree. Totally. Definitely. Because after that, you've got four wins. Right. Uh, And I don't even, like, I don't think any of them are really going to, I mean, maybe they'll be close, but I I don't see it. But. uh, Yeah, big game on Saturday at Syracuse. Huge game. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a team that just went to double overtime against UNC Chapel Hill. But Syracuse is going to be ready to play NC State. Right. And they, I, you know, I would assume I didn't watch the game. I would assume there that was not their A game last week. But State just got Clemson's A game, uh, and that was the other thing for me is a lot of people have been saying like th- this is how far NC State has to go to reach Clemson, the level that Clemson's at. I don't agree with that at all. Because that was NC State's worst against Clemson's best. So, obviously. Oh, there's no way to tell. There's no way to tell. Exactly. You you don't know how far away NC State is from Clemson based off this game. No. You, you don't. So, um, is Clemson five touchdowns better than NC State? No. Is NC State on the same level as Clemson? No. It's somewhere in the middle. We right. just don't know where it is. Um, and... Uh, but I, I think that speaks a lot, too. I'll just touch on this, too, before we move on. This was a big game for Clemson. And uh, driving in, listening to their pregame show, they were talking about how, th- how much traffic there was and how big of a game this was for Clemson and then talking to other fans. Like, they said that was the loudest that it's been there in years. So, you know, we had another fan uh, – talk to us i can't remember exactly what he said but it was basically like this was a really big game for us right so i think that speaks a lot to where nc state is as a program 
is that NC State just drew Clemson's biggest game, maybe since Jameis Winston was at Florida State. And it sucks that, you know, State basically didn't even show up. But, like, that speaks to the respect that NC State has from Clemson and their fans. Yeah, I think the way State's played, been able to play Clemson the last three years, like Clemson's starting to take a bigger notice of, okay, State's a team that can come out and at least give us a run for our money. And it's a team that we can't overlook. Clemson knows NC State right. can beat them. They know that. And I think Clemson knew that if they lost this game, they weren't going to make it back to Charlotte. Yeah. So. Yeah. This was this was a big game for them, and they have a game like that every year. Right. Where it's you know last year was in Raleigh, but um, I just think that speaks. You know, it's kind of a silver lining at this point. Like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, yeah, I guess silver lining that you know, Clemson looks at. It, the way I basically, in a nutshell, Clemson looks at NC State as the second best team in the ACC. Right. Which is, that's something for NC State fans to hang their hat on, despite what happened on Saturday. Uh, so anyway, moving on. I think we can talk a little bit more about bowl scenarios, I guess, at this point. The Peach Bowl is in play. Right. Actually, I'm not sure which bowl it would be. I think it doesn't really matter. Well, the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl are both at-large bids for right. so, so all four spots, so I think it just goes up to the committee. And I think they, I think besides the college football playoff and besides the New Year's Six Bowls that have automatic tie-ins like the Orange Bowl for ACC, in the past it seemed like they try to do somewhat regional games for the at-large spots, in my opinion. So yeah. the Peach Bowl definitely makes more sense. Seems like the likely spot. But State's got to go 11-1. and one. Right. I would. I mean, I would think. Yes. 10-2, um, especially with the strength of schedule, seems like it would be far-fetched. Far Orlando fetched. at 10-2. Yeah. So. It might, I mean, I think NC State could get to the Camping World Bowl. Uh, I don't know about 9-3, and three, but. Ten and two at least, because Miami is looking at at least one more loss to Clemson. Right. Or Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's already got two. They would get another against Clemson. The, Virginia Tech is so bad, I can't see them running the table. But who knows? Um. But anyway, so we agree. NC State's season comes down to the next two games. Right. So two and zero, oh, you're thrilled. You're looking at potentially the best season in school history. One and one, you'll take it. Uh, an excellent season, you'd go ten and two. In the in assuming you take care of business, right? Right. Um, you'd go ten and two, which would be a really really good season, second ten win season in history. Um, but you wouldn't be in a New Year's Six bowl. I think you would either you'd be kicking yourself for losing to Syracuse or Florida State, right? Um, or I guess another team. Zero um, and two to me that would be a disappointment. Yeah, especially three three losses in a row. I mean, I can't imagine the effects that has on team. Um. So for them to lose three in a row, which I don't think will happen, but I don't know how they'll be able to respond the last, what, after three games, they got, what, three more? Four more. Four more? Because you have the game against ECU. Okay. So, but if they're somehow able to go 2-0, and oh, which they're totally capable of, yeah. and have a decent chance of doing, then I think that just makes the next four games that much easier. The Florida State game scares me. They've been playing really well these last couple weeks when they started Okay, off I wouldn't go to say awful. really well, but they're definitely better than they were. Well, yeah, a lot better than they were. Yeah, so. and they've got talent. Everybody knows that. Right. Florida State has talent. Um, I mean, they should have won against Miami. So Yeah, they should have, but I, I don't think Miami is really that good either. So, um, But anyway, first it's Syracuse. Um, 
This is uh, like I said. This is gonna be a big game for Sy for NC State and Syracuse. We'll see what it's like at Syracuse. It'll be a 7 p.m. game, so maybe the crowd's a little more rowdy. Syracuse is known for having bad crowds, right? So we'll see what happens. Um, but I I th I don't know what to think of Syracuse. They the last two games Syracuse? they've been playing down. They they played down to Pitt and lost in overtime, and then they played down. Or they didn't play well against UNC. They played down to you. And then somehow pulled it out in double overtime. So I have no clue what to think of them. I think there's that classic, you know, kind of like an NC State under Tom O'Brien, where you play to the level of your of the who you're playing. Right. You're if there's somebody if you're playing somebody good, you're bringing your A game. If you're not playing somebody good, you're bringing your C or your D game, and you're probably going to lose. But then again, they whomped Florida State earlier, so. Right, because they were playing Florida State and they brought their A game. That's what, and Florida State that Florida that version of Florida State was bad. So, I think NC State's going to get Syracuse's uh, A game. I really do. And um, to me, it just how is NC State going to respond? I think NC State could win this game with their B game. I really do. Right. Um, it'll definitely be close. But you you absolutely want to see bounce back performances from Ryan Finley uh, because he's been he's been iffy the last two weeks now. Boston College he threw two picks, but was otherwise really good. And then against Clemson, obviously, we agreed is his worst performance of his career. Um, so we'll see, I guess. NC State has two touchdowns in the last six quarters. Are you concerned about that? I mean, the way they played the last quarter against Boston College, that was just awful. And I don't think that'll happen again. And the way they played offensively against Clemson, I don't think that'll happen again the rest of the season. So not really. I think it really depends on scoring for this game, for me personally, is how well the offense can get in a rhythm early. I know that's what all they talked about on the TV against Clemson with State was not able to get into rhythm, which was totally true. So if they're able to get some, some easy-ish plays, some scoring drives going early, then that'll just make it. That'll start the scoring. I think the floodgates open as soon as they start it. Yeah, I think State's got to play ahead in this game. I don't usually like to say that, but I definitely think it's true this time. Uh, because you need some confidence. Right. You need some confidence after the after the game against Clemson and the ending against BC. Um, and I think this is a game, we'll see how healthy Ricky Person and Reggie Gillespie are, but I think this is a game that NC State can dominate in the trenches. trenches yeah. And run the, run the ball for 200 yards? I like to see that. I know that uh, I think Carolina ran for 200 yards so against Syracuse. Well, well, they like to run the ball and then just stop running all of a sudden. <laughs> like they run it well and then they stop. So, but yeah, I think State can run for 200, maybe 250 yards, especially if they can get ahead. And you know that's the balance that they want. Right. Uh, and so I think NC State can totally eliminate Syracuse's run game. That's what they did against Clemson. Uh, so. <coughs> I guess we'll see what happens. I Yeah, I think NC State can get ahead, win the game in the trenches, and they'll be fine. Uh, Syracuse has a little bit of a quarterback contro controversy. You got Eric Dungy and Tommy DeVito. I Tommy believe. DeVito, yeah. yeah. So Dungy's more of the runner. He's the guy that State's seen re in the last couple of years. Right. DeVito is the heralded freshman um, who's more of a thrower. Uh who would you rather who who do you think would be a better matchup for NC State? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, the way I just think the way that State has kind of let some holes for the quarterback scramble, especially against JMU. Um, 
you'd probably rather see, I don't know, maybe DeVito. I think Dungy has the capability of just kind of to get away from State's defense and pick up those chunk plays. Uh, but then again, Dungy's also the, what, fifth-year senior, so he's got the experience. So maybe you want to see the freshman back there, even though that didn't work out well for State last week. So, See, I would rather face Dungy. Okay. Because NC State has proven that they can stop the run. Right. And, yeah, the issue against JMU was was a big issue, but it's been resolved. Right. It hasn't been an issue since. So I'm fine with that. I mean, if, if Eric Dungy – let me put it this way. I don't think Eric Dungy can beat NC State with his legs. Okay. I don't think it can happen. Um, but we'll see. I think the the defense uh, – th this is a good matchup for NC State. Right. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see where it goes. I like the matchup for NC State. I like NC State in this game because I think that coming off the Clemson game – I was fully prepared to pick Syracuse to win this game, but after NC State just got obliterated, I, I, I don't think NC State is the type of team. I mean, this is where you prove the mettle of your team. That you right. faced adversity for the first time this year. Really, you faced adversity after the Boston College game. Now you're facing a whole other level of, adver of adversity, and how are you going to respond to it? NC State has been good at responding to adversity under right. Dave Doran. Agreed. Uh, so I think this team has too much leadership and too many seniors I think so for them to go out and blow this game so yeah I, I agree I don't know about blowing the game but I agree this is a game that NC State needs to win and uh you know we talked about the two game stretch here we've talked about how big the Clemson game was Notre Dame and Clemson last year these two games don't have anything to do with the conference title or the playoff but have, has NC State played a bigger two-game stretch that doesn't have an impact on the conference standings? I, I mean, the conference title game, right. I guess. I get what you're saying. I mean, I can't think of one just because all we remember is the games that State could have gone to the championship yeah. game or been in the top ten or yada yada. So I can't really think of one, but f these two for State, uh, just to see how State responds. And like we were saying earlier, really determines what's going to happen the rest of the season. And you set yourself up to go 11-1, which is a really big deal. Right, it's a really big deal. So. And you would, you know, I don't know who you'd play in the Peach Bowl, but you would set yourself up to get, I mean, you wouldn't play Clemson, but you would get, you could get revenge, basically, after the Clemson game where you were a complete no-show in such a big game. Well, if you get into the New Year's Six, you can completely make up for that. Right, right. The New Year's Six is a stage that's only been around, what is this, the fifth year? And I think it's definitely something State's capable of getting to. And teams that make the New Year's Six are just about top-tier teams every year. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty you're, – if you're – It's if impressive. You're, you're a top-ten team. You're in the New Year's Six. That's my favorite part about the new college football playoff format is the New Year's Six games and their emphasis. Because it used to be, in my opinion, okay, BCS 1 and 2, and now everybody else, well, that's disappointing. But now, yeah. if, if you know you're not in the top four, you still have something really big to play for, like – Top 10 will probably get in because of the conference rules, so bringing in the um, group of five team. But, yeah. I mean, I know 10 wins would be a big deal, and and I'm not saying it wouldn't, but I think 11-1 getting to the New Year's Six would just be like, okay, NC State is a program on the rise. Right. And 10-2, and two, I, I think that would still do it, but even 9-3 and three with a win in the bowl game, 
would that do it? I mean, 10 wins would be a big deal because you've only gotten it twice or once, I guess, in program history. Right. I, think I just think I just think ten and three. You're gonna if you go ten and three, you're gonna look back and be like, "Wow, that was all we could do." Right. It's but I think just because the way the schedules have shaped out different from last year or this year, I think if you go ten and three and win your bowl game, then you're like, "Well, we didn't get any better," because nine and four last year yeah, is about equal. Right. Is about equal to ten and three this year. So anything I think state is shooting, including the bowl game, eleven plus wins would be. I mean, if you go eleven, if you go eleven and one and just get absolutely smoked in the bowl game, who cares? Right. I mean, I mean would you rather go eleven and two, eleven and one, and then get smoked by like Georgia in the Peach Bowl, or go ten and two and beat I, I don't know Texas Tech or somebody in the Camping World Bowl? I mean, I'm kind of biased because I have to see who State's going to lose to in the regular season. Because if it's going to be Carolina, I'll pick the win over Carolina than the. But that's more of a joke. But so, oh, oh. definitely uh, eleven and one, and getting smoked by Georgia in the Peach yeah. Bowl. So absolutely. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I I just think for the program, the program has a lot of momentum, and you're facing some adversity. You faced a little adversity last year, and you bounced back. But you also left some wins on the table. You can't leave those wins on the table this year if you want to keep keep growing as a program. Right. That's that's pretty much my point. And um, I think State left two. Well, last year. I mean, I would two, say Wake so. Forest. I mean, Wake Forest that, and oh, South we Carolina. Re, we can't rehash this. So. Uh, you could argue they. That's lost. just a step they need to take this year: is not leave more games. Not leave wins on. Don't leave right. wins on the table. You didn't leave a win on the table in Clemson because you didn't show up. But, right. You know, I, I the Clemson game. I I don't know if NC State goes eleven and one, nobody's going to be sitting here saying, "Man, if only we'd played better in the Clemson." Like, yeah, I mean, you know I'm saying you were so far away from winning that game, right? I don't think there's a single State fan that is going to be upset about going eleven and one instead of twelve and zero. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see what the team is made of. We'll see what what um. What was I saying earlier? What did I call it earlier? The, I don't uh, know. See what, the, I guess, how they respond to adversity. Right. Um, but I don't know. I like state in. I like state to win. Same. I don't know. Maybe something like. I think just because Dave Dorn's first conference win was in Syracuse, I think it. I think and it state means a lot to him. State always plays Syracuse well too. Especially, I think at Syracuse, they play them better at Syracuse than they do at home. But yeah, I, I mean, there's always always seems like there's teams where you have their number or they have your number. Right. And in football, it's Boston College. And all the states won two years in a row now. And I've, I think state has Syracuse's number is my point. Right. I and agree. then in basketball, it would probably be something like Georgia Tech. You have Duke's number and, yeah, probably Georgia Tech or something like that. Yep. But, yeah, I, I, I think state wins. Maybe something like – man, Vegas has it pretty much as a pick em, Right. And I don't want to go against that. But to me, a pick'em is more like. I don't. I mean, here's the thing about. I don't want to turn this into a Vegas podcast, but like, you know, everybody figured the line would be around 10, 12 points for the Clemson game, and then Vegas come out and says it's 20. Well, everybody's like, what? Because that seems like huge, you know, lots of disrespect. Well, I don't think, you know, Syracuse was favored by one. It's in that area. NC State was favored by one, I think, in some places. 
but I don't think that's I don't think that's disrespect. I don't find that as a bad line. That doesn't alarm me. So I'll say State wins like thirty-one twenty and runs out the clock at the end. Like scores late, so it's a close right. game throughout, and State just okay. finishes it off. I mean, I definitely think State breaks the thirty-point threshold. Um, they're able to run the ball well, which is going to be big, and get Finley some easy plays at the beginning. Bust out a big one here or there to Harmon or Myers. Um, maybe something good happens on special teams for once. So I would say State, like, I want to say 38. I think they'll score that many mm -hmm. and hold Syracuse somewhere in the low to mid-20s. So. Yeah, I don't know. I hope State can win by two touchdowns. Right. I, even 10 feels bold to me. Right. But I, I have faith. Saying, so. I have faith in state responding, and like I said, if that game had been even remotely close, I'd be picking Syracuse. But you know, you always talk about coming off emotional losses. How do you respond? Well, that wasn't an emotional loss. That was humiliation. Yeah, that was just a butt whooping. So I don't think state state won't have any problem bouncing back, or at least they shouldn't. Because if they do have problem bouncing back from that, then you've got a big issue. Right. Um. I don't know. Basketball coming up. You want to talk basketball for a few minutes? Did you go to primetime with the pack? I did not. I did see that uh, Beverly broke a finger or something in his hand. His so wrist? Wasn't it his I wrist? Think it was, I don't know what it was. Something. And they didn't really give a timetable for his return, so. Yeah. I don't know. It sounded to me like um, maybe six to eight weeks or something like right. that. Right. You know, I'd say get him back by ACC play. Right. That I was thinking be before goal. Christmas. Yeah. So. And Abu had an issue last year, and then it took him almost all of non-conference play to get back. But um, I mean, I'm not really – I wouldn't be that worried about that just because, especially towards the end of the year, Markell established himself as the point guard. Right. And Braxton came in as more as a shooting guard, alternate ball handler. So, I mean, they've then, got more small players on the roster, obviously. Yeah. I think State's going to be playing a lot of small ball. So I'm really interested to see how that goes. I mean, you got the wings. So I don't think it's going to be an issue to find state for state to find guys to play the two through four, and this will allow Blake Harris to uh, get some minutes. Right. Um, but I don't know. It should be a fun team. I think NC State got one vote in the AP preseason top twenty-five. That's right. I think it's. I don't know. I'm not going to complain about a vote, but I guess I would have thought it would have been a few more. But I, I get. I get. NC State is so unproven with all these players. Right. You know. There's only three returners from last year's whole right. team. I am I am even more interested to see where they finish in ACC play because is State going to be better than last year? Mm, well, don't really know with all these new players. But to think about the fact that they can improve on finishing third in the conference, well, then you're like, well, I don't know if any state team could do that just because who else plays in the conference. So, Right. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think it'll be a good team. I, re I like this team a lot. They've got a lot of length. And they fit the profile of a Kevin Keats team where last year's team did not. Did not. Not. Even, not even close. No. So um, we'll dive into basketball more uh, next week. But, um, yeah, just getting our toes wet in it. I think the um, – the uh, what's it called? The exhibition game? I want to say that's – Is it coming up next it's week? next or? week. It's now. I don't really remember. It's so one of those. Um, My brother was asking me when State plays its first basketball game because he goes to Chapel Hill, and this was last week. And I said I don't think a single soul knows when State plays basketball because everyone's just everyone's working on football. On, so yeah. uh, I thought it was interesting too. I saw somebody 
All right, first game is next Monday, the preseason. So next couple weeks we'll get into it. Right. Actually, I guess we only have one more podcast before, unless we did one on November 5th, Monday. But um, I saw somebody on somebody, somebody from Chapel Hill tweeted something about Luke May, and I thought it was pretty funny that this was before Saturday. I thought it was pretty funny that State was getting ready to play like the biggest game, football game in school history in Chapel Hill tweeting about basketball. But not surprised at all. No, not surprised. No. Anything else to add? Uh, not really. No? No. Alright. That'll do it. Thanks for listening to another edition of The Howler. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports.